the Lord, everyone. It's Pastor Fields here, and it is my joy, as always, to come to you uh, and to join with you into your homes and your automobiles, wherever you are, to share the Word of God. I'm grateful for yet another day that the Lord has kept me. want to give some more of the saints time to come on in as we prepare our hearts and minds for the reception of God's word. Let's have a word of prayer, shall we? Father, we're so grateful today for your goodness, for your grace, and for your mercy, for your keeping power. You have been watching over us even during these troubling times, these trying times. I thank you for being our strength and comfort. I thank you for being a burden bearer. I thank you, hallelujah, for all that you do for us. I pray that you'd bless us as we go into your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you tonight. I am um, praying and meditating and thinking on what I would teach on tonight. Uh, so many different subjects, so many different things came to my mind, but I, I rested in the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs. Turn with me, won't you, tonight? into the book of Proverbs chapter 10. One verse uh, that I want to teach out of or draw my thought from, um, that one verse. Now, um, I've taught on the um, kingdom of God and uh, we were in the New Testament and one of the lessons we taught on uh, dealt with the kingdom of God being as ten virgins, five wise, five foolish. Uh, tonight I'm going to talk about uh, wise or foolish sons. Is that all right? I'm going to talk about wise or foolish sons. I'm going to take you into Proverbs. Now the ten virgins, mind you, uh, talked about uh, five of the virgins not having the oil. Uh, they had lamps, but no oil in their lamps. And that lesson uh, took us to a place where we are uh, knowing or coming to the realization, I should say, that we must be ready when the bridegroom comes. This particular verse, as it relates to um, foolish sons or wise sons, uh, talks about another spiritual truth that we want to get into on tonight. Proverbs, uh, you understand, was written by Solomon, uh, that wise man. Uh, he writes to us, and uh, the book of Proverbs was written to give us practical, moral, and spiritual truth. Practical, moral, and spiritual truth. Uh, but he does it in proverbial form, right? And uh, it is for the people of God. And uh, to really shorten it or to summarize what I just said, he's giving us wisdom for right living. Wisdom for right living. So here we are in the book of Proverbs. I'm going to read our anchor verse. The anchor scripture coming out of Proverbs verse number five. Listen to these words. He that gathereth in summer is wise, um, but he that sleepeth in harvest 
is a son that causeth shame. I'll read it again. I left out a word. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. Uh, just cut and dry, plain and simple wisdom. Uh, he says, and I'll read it one more time. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causes shame. So um, some may think that the book of Proverbs is difficult, but really it's, it's just down to earth, plain and simple, everyday wisdom, uh, wisdom for everyday living right living. So um, you just got to spend time with it and you'll, and you'll discover that it is down to earth. Uh, and our key verse gives us yet another example uh, where he's just talking about gathering crops, gathering crops in summer. Uh, a son that does that is wise, but a son that sleeps during harvest um, is shameful or disgraceful Son. So uh, both we get an encouragement and a warning from Solomon's wisdom uh, for those of us who are serving God. For those of us who are serving God, we are getting encouragement and a warning. The words apply to harvest. Um, listen to my notes. These words apply to the harvest of the earth and anyone that farms will agree with them, but they are equally applicable if you apply them spiritually, there's a spiritual harvest. Yep. Even during the pandemic, there is a spiritual harvest um, to the business in which every Christian should be engaged. Every one of us should be engaged in winning souls. Every one of us should be engaged in telling someone about this salvation. Uh, so as we look at these words that I just read, um, lesson won't be too long tonight, but I'll read them again. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causes shame or disgrace. So there are, there are five truths that I want to pull out of this verse that I want to share with you tonight. Um, the first truth that we glean from this is that uh, the days that which we live in are summer days. These are harvest days. The days that we're living in are harvest days, summer days. I know it's cold outside, right? It's even snowing in Texas. And we're praying for those of you in Texas that, that are suffering through this cold. You don't have electricity. We're going to pray a special prayer uh, when we close out on this evening for those who are living in Texas. Uh, but even uh, during these days, so I'm not talking about the weather when I'm talking about summer days. I'm talking about spiritually, uh, these are harvest days. This means uh, that uh, they're days of opportunity for ingathering of souls. Uh, or if, you, if you're a dispensationalist, uh, this is a day of grace that we're living in. Uh, and it started on the day of Pentecost in which... Uh, it'll continue until the Lord Jesus comes. Uh, so that period of time in which men and women are invited to be saved. Have you received since you believe, right? 
They are invited to be saved. Uh, Acts 2 and 47. Uh, you take that and read it, but it, it says that um, there will be a time in the place where men and women are like. Let, let's read that. Uh, Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 2. And verse 47 says these words, Praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. My Lord, every day, every day, someone uh, is to be saved. Such as should be saved. The Lord is adding to the church daily. I, many times I read, scriptures like that. And I pray, Lord, help us to get back to how it is in your word of God. Every day, somebody should be saying, what must I do to be saved? Uh, but these are the summer days. Uh, these are the days of gathering, the day of grace, time of grace, that dispensation period of grace, uh, where men and women, boys and girls are invited to receive this salvation. Uh, so, and let's clarify the day of grace. Uh, what does the day of grace mean uh, as it relates to God, in relation to God? The day of grace, I'll give you some scriptures. Uh, John 6 and 37, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. As it relates to God, I'm giving you some scriptures, Second Peter Three and nine, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The book of Revelation, we're talking about the day of grace uh, in relation to God. What does it mean in relation to God? The third scripture that I'll share uh, Revelation chapter 22, verse 17. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. We're living in that time. You have an opportunity to be saved uh, in relation to God, uh, in relation to the church, Right? Um, what is the day of grace look like in relation to the church? Matthew 28 and 19. Uh, this is the great commission. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, uh, and the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 15. Hallelujah. Verses 13 and 14. It says this, and after they had held their peace, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simeon hath declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. So we see uh, these are the days of grace, that time period of grace where men and women, not just Jews, and we've talked about that earlier in earlier lessons, uh, but all those who will receive him, all those who will open their hearts to him, all those who want to be saved, hallelujah, those who have repented of their sins shall be saved. That's the church. 
Hallelujah. Those who have been brought out of darkness into his marvelous light. Those of us who have been born again have been brought into this church. Now, the third portion of this, uh, talking about these are the days, uh, the summer days, or the days of grace, or the days of harvest, uh, because the days of harvest won't always be here. The church will be taken out. Uh, so finally, uh, we talked about how are these are the days of grace or the days of harvest in relation to God, in relation to the church, in relation to men and women. Hallelujah. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 and 7. It says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Hallelujah. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. My Lord. Hebrews. I'll give you a New Testament scripture. Hebrews chapter 3 verses 7 and 8. Wherefore as the Holy Ghost saith Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness. The day that you hear his voice, many times you've heard that during an altar call. The day you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. So these are the times of harvest. Yes, just that time. If you're again, if you're a dispensationalist, that dispensation of grace where the summer is here. The harvest is ripe. Uh, and again, these are the summer days of opportunity. This is a prime time for the people of God, churches everywhere, people all over this world to start reaching out for souls. These are the summer days of opportunity. These are the summer days of opportunity in ministry. In ministry, yes. Hallelujah. And one of the things now, uh, you know, a lot of things have been shut down, but your witness hasn't. I know this is a pandemic and church buildings have been closed and we're not churching like we used to, but your witness should never shut down. Hallelujah. You should never cease attempting to win souls. This is a prime opportunity for you to win souls, even in sitting in your living room. Pick up that phone. Talk to somebody about Jesus. Are you saved? Have you been born again? Hallelujah. So this is an opportunity for God to save, for the church to evangelize, and for the lost to be saved through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that. Hallelujah. Even during these stressful times, Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10, for by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Hallelujah. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Great opportunity. I see great opportunity. Yes, Hallelujah. I don't know what you see, but I see great opportunity for seeking to win souls, men and women, to our Jesus Christ, to our Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Meeting people. 
Uh, and listen, you may think I'm that strange, but I've met people from all over the world during this pandemic. Yeah, electronically. Uh, I have been preaching and teaching to people all over this world who have never walked through the doors of the temple. So I don't think we should use this season as an excuse for winning souls. Hallelujah. These days in which we live, yeah, they're terrible days. Horrible days, I would say. Uh, almost to the point where it, 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 it scares your heart to see how wicked men have become. But these are the days. These are terrible days, but the harvest is still ripe. Terrible days, yes, but at the same time, these are wonderful days. It was the best of days. It was the worst of days. Remember that novel, The Tales of Two Cities? Uh, the question is, though, are we, are we claiming these opportunities to win souls? Are we taking advantage of this opportunity to pull someone into the ark of safety? Are we taking this opportunity to gather the harvest? So this leads me to my second point. The first point was, uh, these are summer days. I'm not talking about the weather. I'm talking about spiritually. These are the summer days. These are harvest days. Um, the second point is, uh, listen, those whom the Lord uses as his harvesters in the summer days of opportunity are his sons. And that brings me right smack into what Solomon is talking about those who are harvesting those who are harvesting are his son so that means uh, if i tie it in spiritually one of the qualifications for being uh, a harvester uh, uh, one of the qualifications for being in service i have to be a son i have to be his son uh, i have to be to make it more uh, specific for the New Testament church, we have to be in the sonship uh, because that's where my salvation is. It's in the sonship. Now, listen, um, I wish I really had the time to get into this, uh, but John said in his third epistle, John, uh, John he says, uh, salvation is in his son. Life is in his son. Uh, Jesus Christ. I'm not a Trinitarian. I know how to rightly divide the word, though. He's Father in creation, Son in redemption, Holy Ghost in the church. Hallelujah. I really wish I had time to get into it, uh, but the qualification of being a harvester or winning souls, you have to be in the sonship. You have to be saved. How can you bring someone to salvation if you have not been saved Your Self. So the Lord says, uh, he says these words, um, let me take you to Matthew 21 and 28. Uh, what think ye, a certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, son, go work today in my vineyard, son. So a qualification of being a worker in the vineyard, you have to be in the sonship. You have to be in the sonship. 
You have to be in now. Don't confuse it with the 10 versions. The 10 versions, yes, he's talking about the kingdom. He's talking about the church being ready for the bridegroom. Uh, but in this instance, if you, if you let me take you there, uh, in order for me to be a harvester, I have to be in the sonship, the sonship of Jesus Christ, meaning I have to be in him and he in me. We are not sons of God by nature. No, hallelujah. I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity, but I am a son of God because of my rebirth. And come on, follow me in the word because I've been born again. Paul tells me, the word of God rather tells me, now are we the sons of God. Now are we the sons of God. Now, another way to say it is now we're in the sonship and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. We shall see him as he is. And I know the Lord is our creator. Yes, but I'm not his son because of nature. By nature, I was born in sin and shaped into iniquity. Hallelujah. He's my creator. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worship with man's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and have determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold, silver, or stone graven by art and man's device. Hallelujah. So it's not by nature. He is our creator, but we're sons because of spiritual birth. And I'm going to take you deeper into the word. John 1, uh, 12 and four, through 14, but as many as received him to them, gave he power to become, listen, listen to the word, but as many as received him to them, gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, Father I'm sorry, full of grace and truth. John 3 and 3, hallelujah. Jesus answered and said, Thank you, Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So I'm in the book. I can't, I can't win anyone into kingdom if I'm not into kingdom myself. I can't win a soul if my soul hasn't been saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I felt that in my spirit. Uh, and I know there, there's a teaching there is a teaching out there, and, and I'm going to talk about it, the doctrine of universal fatherhood. 
the universal fatherhood of God and the universal brotherhood of man. Uh, and and but uh, it's altogether unscriptural. And I had I really wish I had the time to dig into that. Maybe I'll come back to it. Uh, many teach it and believe it, even in our circles. The, the doctrine of the universal father, he's, he's saying that he's everybody's father and we're all uh, his sons, but that's not true. If you don't have his spirit, you're, not, you're none of his. We're not all in the sonship because we're not all saved. Hallelujah. Those who have been born again, those who have been brought in, uh, to the newness of life, who have been filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, we are in the sonship. Hallelujah. So, uh, if this was true, I have in my notes with the result that many are seeking to do the work of harvesting who are not truly his sons because they have never been born again. I've never, if a person who's never been born again, they're not in the sonship, they have not been adopted into the family. Remember Romans 8 and 15, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is a spirit of adoption. The Holy Ghost is what has brought me in to the family. Hallelujah. Paul says to Titus in chapter three of the book of Titus, verses four through six, he said, but after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared. Glory, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by, how did he do it? By the washing, the regeneration, and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Here's another verse. How do you know, how, how do you know you're saved? When you've been washed and regenerated when you've been renewed by the renewing of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost makes you a son, brings you into his sonship. Hallelujah. So it's sad for people to say uh, you're doing all of this work, but you haven't taken time to make sure you're in the sonship yourself. Trying to get others saved, you need to make sure you are saved. You're save yourself from this untoward generation. Even Paul said, and I'm paraphrasing now, he said, I'm doing all this preaching and teaching and I have to make sure that I myself will not be a cast away. Hallelujah. So we know from this one verse that we've used for our anchor scripture, and I'll read it again, Proverbs 10 and 5, he that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causes shame. Hallelujah. So that brings me to the third point. God has two kinds of sons. He has wise and he has foolish. Hallelujah. This is where it resembles the ten virgins, uh, which talk about being ready when the bridegroom comes. But this verse, uh, when he talks about the wise or foolish sons, he's talking about harvest. Uh, now, if, you, you, if you're a farmer, he's talking about uh, harvesting the crops when it's time. And the wise son is the one that goes out and realizing that it's harvest and he takes care of his business. Uh, he takes care of the harvest. He gathers in the harvest and that's work. He gathers in the harvest because he knows it's time to reap the harvest. But he that sleeps, the lazy son, 
hallelujah, that sleeps all through the summer, doesn't gather any crops, he is shameful. And I'll read it exactly the way it's written. He causes shame. So there are two kinds of sons. There's a wise son and there's a foolish. Now, if we talk, if we work it spiritually, there is a harvest. And you have two kinds of sons. You have a son that realizes that there are souls to be saved, that are people that need to hear this word, people who are dying in their sins, and they'll they'll go about their business gathering the harvest. They're in the sonship. Then you have the lazy sons, hallelujah, those who won't do anything. They'll just come to church and clap and sing, hallelujah, but they don't reach out for any souls. And it's very important for us to see this. Some of his sons were disobedient, right? Uh, it's harvest time, but you won't go out and do anything. Uh, in the New Testament language, uh, if I use New Testament language, uh, it would mean that some are worldly and some are spiritual. Some are worldly, uh, but some are spiritual. And the worldly ones are the unspiritual ones. First Corinthians I'm just going to take you straight to the word. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Hmm. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying, strife, divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? So uh, how can you be busy doing the work of the Lord if you're not spiritual? And because you're not spiritual, we have envy, we have strife, we have divisions. Uh, so Paul said, and what they were divided here about was who baptized them. Paul brought me in. Apollos brought me in. Um, so uh, God has some spiritual sons and he has some those who are not spiritual. So um, he has some prodigal sons. Mm, Luke 15. Remember that? Luke 15. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verses 11 through 24, it talks about a man that had two sons, right? And the younger one, and we taught from there before, the younger one said, give me my portion. And he leaves home uh, and then he comes back home um, and his father kills a, a fatted lamb uh, and they party. Read the story. Um, so in the word of God, it talks about worldly sons. It talks about prodigal sons. Um, hallelujah, there are sons that have been born into the family, but they're not following on to know him. Uh, he, in the word of God, it talks about sons, again, who are in the family, but they could care anything about their inheritance or who they are or their lineage. They're, they're just in the house. I'm going to take you to Hosea chapter 6. Hosea chapter 6, verse number 3. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain, unto the 
earth. So there are sons who, who are just there, uh, but they could care less about any anything. They're just they're just there. They they care nothing about following on to know him. They're not growing in grace. There are sons he has that are not growing in grace. Second Peter um, chapter three, verse 18, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. They're, they're not uh, fulfilling here and now the purpose for which he has saved them. There are people, why did he save me? He didn't save me just to sit in church, sit in the house. Uh, he didn't save me and all of this is going on around me and I'm not participating in anything. I'm just sitting there. Hallelujah. So um, listen, in the verse before us, the wise and the foolish sons are contrasted and described. Listen, the wise sons are those who gather the harvest in summertime. They realize, oh, there's many souls that need to be saved. We're still under grace. We're still in this time period where the grace of God is being manifested. And there are many who need salvation. Hallelujah. And the foolish sons are those who are asleep. They're too lazy to get up and do uh, what the Lord wants them to do. Uh, who are lazy? They're apathetic. Uh, the wise sons reap a glorious harvest, which brings praise and honor, hallelujah, to their father. Yes, but the foolish sons bring shame to the name of their father. My God, think about it. It's just a straightforward lesson, nothing that deep, just something to, to stir up your thoughts. All this should lead us, though, to ask in relation uh, to the matter of winning souls, matter of winning souls, all we wise are foolish. Uh, just like the parables in the New Testament, uh, it should help us uh, take inventory of our souls. Am I being wise or am I being foolish? Or listen, have we been seeking after the lost or are we just concerned about ourselves? Mm -hmm. Are we sleeping? Is the church sleeping today? Hmm. Are many in the church sleeping today? Um, just let that marinate for a little while. And I'm coming to my final point. Uh, I'm not going to teach long today. Uh, but we've, we've talked about the fact that these are the days of grace. These are harvest days. Uh, and we've talked about the fact that those who are workers or those who are harvesters, you have to be in the sonship. You have to be saved to win souls. Uh, you can't bring them to salvation if you've not received salvation. And uh, we've talked about the fact that God has two kinds of sons. There are wise sons. There are foolish sons. Wise sons would be spiritual. The foolish would be unspiritual or carnal. Wise sons, hallelujah, would be repented and they would come back to the Lord. The wise son, hallelujah, uh, would follow after the Lord. An unwise son would just sit, sit in the house and not follow the word of his father. Hallelujah. An unwise son um, or would or foolish son would not be interested in growing. Let Just let me have what I have. I don't want to know no more, but a wise son 
would be someone who wants to grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Uh, so, and I say again, before I go to my fourth and final part, um, are we foolish? Are we wise? How much time do you spend telling someone else about salvation? And, you know, it doesn't have, a, have to be a big drawn out camp meeting. You know, you don't need a whole a tent. You don't have to always rent a tent, uh, you know, and hire musicians and all of that. All it sometimes uh, it starts right in your living room. Getting out to bed and stepping in the living room and telling your unsaved family, uh, <laughs> it's time to come into the house of God. You don't know who God is dealing with. He just He just says the harvest is plenteous, is ripe, it's harvest time, uh, and you better believe during this pandemic the Lord is dealing with the hearts and minds of people. Hallelujah! I don't care how rough and tough they are. These are the perfect days to reach out for souls. Hallelujah. So that brings me to the final point is to be asleep in these days of harvest will cause shame. For us to be asleep during these days of harvest, for you just to let this day pass by, for you just to be content with clapping your hands and patting your feet, and surfing the web or Facebook, going from church to church and not taking time to do ministry. You don't have to be a preacher to win souls. You don't have to be a missionary president to win souls. Hallelujah. After the Holy Ghost fell, he said, and ye are my witnesses. So uh, to be asleep in these summer days of harvest, and I'm not talking again about weather, I'm talking about a spiritual season. Uh, to be asleep in these summer days of harvest is to cause shame. So come on with me. To be wise, sons, um, listen to my notes. To be wise, sons, brings joy to ourselves now and in eternity. I'm going to take you to the book of Psalms, the 126th Psalm. Verse number six says, he that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. That, that verse right there talks about harvest, right? You're sowing in tears, you're, you're struggling, you're, you're suffering like the righteous do, but you're doing what you're supposed to do. Hallelujah. And you'll return rejoicing. The psalmist said, bringing his sheaves or bringing his harvest with him. Um, so, yes, it brings, it will eventually bring joy uh, now and through eternity, but it also brings honor to the Lord. I should say, above all, above all, it brings honor to the Lord. But to be asleep during this time, just to sit up in the house and watch TV and stay on the telephone and not be about witnessing and telling people that they need to get the Holy Ghost to see all of this suffering, all of this going on, and don't say anything about uh, you should give your life to the Lord. Uh, it's it's foolish to be asleep. Just like it's, it's foolish for us to sit around and not uh, have any oil in the lamp, it's foolish for us to have the oil 
and not utilize the gifts or to be concerned about what our calling and purpose is as a church. To be asleep is to be foolish because uh, it would bring shame. It would bring shame upon the name of the Lord and upon the cause of Christ. It would be shame upon ourselves. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 24. Proverbs 24, verses 30 through uh, 34, he says, I went by the field of the slowful <laughs> and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nestles had covered the face thereof and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, traveleth rather, and thy want as an armed man. Listen to what he's talking about. Hmm. He said, I went by the field of the slowful. I'm going to take my time with this one. And by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. He was slowful. One man was slowful. He wasn't taking care of his, his field. And then there was one, the vineyard. He was void of understanding. He didn't realize you can't leave the, the uh, grapes on the vine too long, right? Not only, he said, it was overgrown. There were thorns and nettles covered the face. The stones were broken. You had all of this harvest and you did nothing with it. Hallelujah nothing. You just watched it go, go bad. Didn't take in the harvest, didn't take care of anything. He said, and I considered it. I looked upon it and received instruction. I learned a lesson from that. Hallelujah. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. You know how lazy folk do. Uh, the alarm clock goes up. You know it's time to get up, but you hear it. You keep hitting the snooze button until you're late for work. Hallelujah. Some people don't even bother. They let the alarm clock ring and sleep on through it. Some people just don't even hit the snooze button. They just turn it off and roll over to sleep. He said, poverty will come uh, as one that traveleth and thy want as an armed man. Hallelujah. You'll, you'll be impoverished, right? Uh, it seems like you'll never reap what you're supposed to reap. And he says another thing that's very powerful. He says these words and... Uh, he says, and your want as an armed man. It'll seem like somebody, whatever it seems like you're going to get, you don't have anything, like you've been robbed. Hallelujah. The truth is, when you don't go to work, when you're lazy in the kingdom, hallelujah, things just pass you by. Things just pass you by. Uh, and, there, and some people, uh, listen to this, there's some people who are, who are so lazy they won't even they won't even clap their hands and give God praise. Uh, they won't tell anybody about uh, this salvation. is as if you're just sitting in the house, taking up space. Uh, and I've said it before, you better go to work. Are you a wise son? Or are you a foolish son? Are you going to get to work or what? Let's let's compare what I just read. 
in uh, Proverbs to 1 John chapter 2, verse 28, where it says, And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Now, why would, at his coming, why would some be ashamed? Hallelujah. Because it's going to be discovered that you did nothing. You have works to do and you did nothing. You may have made it in. Hallelujah. And I wish I had time to get it out. All of our works, our ministries will be tried by the fire. Hallelujah. And there's some folks that will be beaten with many stripes because you knew what you were supposed to do and you were lazy. You only can only considered yourself, but you wouldn't do any work. Hallelujah. And there are some because they, they never took the time to become a son themselves, where he's going to look at you and say, depart from me, I know you not, you worker of iniquity. My gosh. And now, little children, abide in him that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. So if we're sons of God, if we are in the sonship of God, having been born into this family uh, through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, our salvation, of course, we know is, is secure, secure. We have the Holy Ghost abiding on the inside. Hallelujah. But how sad would it be to suffer loss at the judgment seat of Christ? How sad would it be? I want to take you to Romans 14 and 10. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Our works are going to be judged. Our works are going to be judged. Did, were you a wise son or a foolish son? Did you just sit up and complain about everything? Or did you just put your shoulder to the plow and do your part? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 9 through 15. Perhaps this is not going to be such a um, a favorite lesson for some, uh, but I have to stay in the word with you. Uh, we have too many people talking, 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 uh, but they're shucking and jiving. Remember, uh, they're not working. They're just sitting back looking around. It's, it's time to work. Are you a wise son or a foolish son? First uh, Corinthians, Paul says in chapter 3, Verses 9 through 15, for we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, and ye are God's building according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder. I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, listen to this. You didn't believe me when I said it, but listen to this. First Corinthians chapter three, now verse 13. Every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. So, right. So at, at the end, you're going to find out who was really 
working for Christ or winning souls or, or, or what? Because every man's work, I don't care, right? They're going to be some who are just brother so-and-so, right? And his, his work is going to be tried and it's going to look like gold. It's going to make it through the, the, uh, the, um, the judgment period. He's going to try my works. He's going to try the apostles' work. He's got the title, but he wasn't doing the work. Listen to what Paul is saying. Fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, if it, was, if it was Christ, if it was for the glory of God, he shall receive a reward. I'm in the book. I didn't make this up. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So there's some people who are just sitting around wearing robes, grabbing titles, right? Grabbing positions in church. Hallelujah. But their works will be burned. They're not going to last. They're not going to make it through that, that uh, judgment seat. He himself, he or she may make it in, but their works, their works will be lost. They will suffer loss. They're not going to get a reward for it. Now, I know some of you, I know there's some of you who don't agree with this, but I'm not speaking my opinion. I'm in the word and we can come back to it and talk about it some more. And I know some people just feel like, well, I'm Hayamama, I'm speaking in tongues and I've been saved and I know Jesus is coming. He's going to take me out of here. Yes. I pray God that you make the rapture. Hallelujah. But if you've been sitting and watching all of these souls and not winning any souls, not taking care of business, your work is going to be tried. To whom much is given, much is required. You grab the title. You fought for the title. Yes. You even stepped on people for the title and didn't do the work. Glory to God. He said, if any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. But if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. I'm going to stop right there because I don't want anybody to get mad at me, but I'm in the word of God. I need to shut it down now. Yes, I need to stop right here. So uh, let me close out in the book of Daniel. Uh, it, it gives us a brief in, inspiration, this one verse, Daniel uh, chapter 12, verse number three. Um, and, you know, we're talking about wise and foolish sons. But he says in the third verse of the 12th chapter of Daniel, Daniel says, and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Hmm. Wow. They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. I'm just going to let that verse sit right there. Daniel says, they that are wise, mm -hmm. you will shine as the brightness of the firmament. Something different about his sons or his children that have become wise, that are doing the work. They're not lazy. They're pushing it. 
They're doing all they can do. They're reaching out for others, no matter what's going on. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. This is what Israel was supposed to do. Hallelujah. And now Daniel, even in their troubled times, he's saying this, you can still do what you're supposed to do. I know you're going through trial and tribulation. Yes, I know we're in the strange land, but we can still be and do what we're supposed to do still. Still can do it. Still can be a light. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. So I gave you a New Testament scripture to fit that. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 9, verses 37 through 38. Jesus says to his disciples, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. This is my prayer, that there'll be some more wise sons that will go to work, some who will get up, shake themselves off and get busy. The Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. But before you go to work, make sure you have what you're supposed to have. Make sure you have everything together as, as it relates to your salvation. Hallelujah. Make sure you have what you need so you can adequately bring those who are lost to your Savior. Are you with me today? I'm going to stop there. I'm not going to keep going, uh, but I'm starting to feel this in my spirit. Are we wise or foolish sons? It's, it's a question that only you can answer, uh, and perhaps you have been inspired to do more, to do better, yeah, to work harder. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, I thank you for this opportunity to teach this lesson. And I pray that I've touched someone's heart, someone that is connected, hallelujah, someone who hasn't been busy, that they will get busy doing the work of the kingdom, that they'll be wise, some becoming wiser. He that winneth souls is wise. Bless us as a church, as a people that will get busy winning souls, not fighting for position, not fighting for notoriety, but rising to the occasion. This is harvest time to bring as many from the fields in to your ark of safety. Bless us one by one, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you. It was my joy and privilege and honor to be with you on tonight. And if you have a special need of prayer, you have a special request, send it to me, won't you? Admin at grtdc.org. And someone from the staff will reach out to you. Anyone have uh, a desire to be baptized in Jesus' name, have not received the gift of the Holy Ghost, let me know. Someone from the staff will reach out to you, if not me, myself, and will minister to you, telling you what you need to do. These are the days, a hallelujah, I should say rather, this is the day of your salvation. You can be saved today.
the Lord will bless you. Yes, he would. The Lord will bless you real good. You want to be a blessing to this ministry? Want to pay your tithes or give an offering? You may do so. Look at the instructions on the screen, rather, won't you? Follow those instructions and plant that seed. Those of you who are uh, worshiping with us and who have been in this Bible study from the New York area, our sister church, Refuge Temple Annex, you may use Givelify. I want to give you a moment uh, to read those instructions on the screen and, and plant your seed. I want to thank you again for connecting with us on tonight and I uh, want to give a special shout out uh, to those who are connected from coast to coast. We have people who connect with us uh, on the East Coast to the West Coast, different states of this nation and those of you from Ottawa, Canada, the saints of God there, the Lord bless you. Hallelujah. Shout out to those who are uh, in the Jamaica, West Indies, uh, London, England, and um, the Philippines, there in Manila, Strong Tower. The Lord bless you, people of God. Also uh, in Hong Kong, the saints of God are everywhere. Uh, the people of God there in Hong Kong who are holding on to the bloodstained banner who have been connected with us and in Japan. Yeah, the Lord bless you. Listen, when the rapture comes, saints of God from all over this world are going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. That's going to be beautiful. Hallelujah. I felt the Holy Ghost right there. I want to thank you for connecting with us. And I ask uh, that you will continue uh, to lean on God, to trust in the Lord. Lord willing, we'll see you next week. And until then, between then and now i want you to do three things be careful be prayerful and be holy shalom shalom